Welcome to another edition of Robinson Ralph having a natter. And this week, it won't surprise regular listeners to know that I'm having a natter with Mr. David Sillitzer. It won't surprise, but it will disappoint. <laughs> and that's just the start of the podcast. That's just that's just the Robinson Ralph slogan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to think, though, where do people, where do people, where do you think that people imagine we are when we're recording these podcasts? Sort of in a recording studio, in yeah. the office, in uh, JCB. In a hot air balloon. In hot air the Himalayas. Yeah, exactly. Down. On a yeah. submarine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe in a, in a, in a toilet cubicle. A, you're during a break from an archery competition. Huh? During a break from an archery competition. Yeah, obviously. Because we yeah we wouldn't do it during an archery competition because we'd have to show the competition. It would be dangerous for a start. Yeah, exactly. Imagine... Yeah. This, yeah. What a ridiculous suggestion that we do it during an archery. I'm not being funny, people, but you're going to have to up your game yeah. rather than all these stupid ideas about yeah. where we're holding it. We're in the office. Grow up. This country. Let <laughs> <laughs> me you. And um, so, uh, so this this is a case. <laughs> this is a case uh, about um, uh, employment law. Yeah, <laughs> fortunately, and it's it's a case of Web v London Underground Limited. Um, but don't don't worry, they didn't hold the tribunal underground. No, no. Uh, Although they could have, because it was held online. So perhaps one of the parties was in a cellar, or right. was connected to Wi-Fi. I yeah, they could have they could have been underground. I, yeah. I retract my earlier um, comment. But I particularly like paragraph two yeah. of the judgment, which said yeah. the respondent is by agreement between the parties a public body which has responsibility for the underground train system in London, as if. Had the claimant refused to accept that, yeah. then London Underground Limited would have said, no, we, we're not responsible for the underground <laughs> train system in London anymore. I'll tell you what, commuters, you sort it out yourself. Yeah, sometimes it feels <laughs> like that, though, doesn't it, Dave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bit of politics. Um, I, uh... <laughs> like when we called the, the oligarchs. Oh, yeah. We called them wallygarchs, yeah. don't we, Dave? Just to stick it to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they really hate that. <laughs> Oligarchs, flipping oligarchs, we call them. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so um, this uh, this was uh, a case of unfair dismissal and uh, race discrimination. The race discrimination claim failed, and the um, uh, unfair dismissal claim succeeded. Uh, so uh, we'll talk through that. And this was a lady. Uh, a white lady who um, was um, who, who posted messages which the respondent considered to be inappropriate, offensive, and racist onto social media sites, and they related to the death of George Floyd and the situation which evolved in, in the aftermath of that event. And the respondent said that the post breached its policies and guidance uh, in relation to the conduct of employees uh, in, in relation to activities in social media. And uh, uh, the claimants in the post were factually correct and not offensive. Yeah. Um, so, so there we go. So there was quite there's quite a lot to it. It's quite a long document. We're, we're only going to deal with with this. I'm going to deal with the um, the the argument we sometimes hear run, which is the 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 human rights argument. Ooh, but, yeah, I think we can probably give the race discrimination claim pretty short shrift. Short shrift, can't we? And that the, the claimant's assertion was that. Had she been black, the respondent would not have taken the view that the posts amounted to misconduct, justifying disciplinary proceedings. And she referred to a number of black comparators mm. who had been involved in disciplinary proceedings but had not been 
dismissed and the tribunal said, well, yes, maybe, but those circumstances are different. They were being disciplined for different matters. There were different managers involved, which in an organisation the size of London Underground, um, it's unsurprising that there'll be variation between um, uh, the, the views of different managers. Um, that, I think, should be treated with caution as a, a general principle and consistency should be strived for within an organisation. But uh, obviously, it all does depend on the size of the organisation as well. So the tribunal said the comparators are not appropriate comparators and there's no evidence that the respondent's treatment was um, because of her race, um, that bit race being white, uh, and um, the reason for the treatment was that concerns had been raised they decided genuinely in good faith that the matter should proceed to disciplinary and then views were taken um throughout based on the allegations and the effect of those allegations rather than race good stuff okay so so what we're not going to do is obviously read out the posts that she made but uh it was it was uh, following the murder of george floyd in America, and um, the claimants uh, worked at a culturally diverse, culturally diverse area of London. I'm reading this from the um, from the judgment, and uh, it was agreed that the by the claimant, the staff who worked there at the depot broadly reflected that, that diversity, and she was responsible for managing up to 250 people who um, who would have been from various ethnic backgrounds. So after the George Floyd, she put posts on Facebook. And um, the tribunal goes on to explain how Facebook friends and, and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. works. So, yeah, I mean, not where I describe the posts, but the respondent took the view that the, the posts were offensive, inflammatory and racially divisive. Mm -hmm. uh, and the tribunal said that they agreed with that assessment. Yes. Anyway, long story short, she was dismissed and uh, brought a claim to uh, the, the tribunal. Uh, Dave's um, quite properly um, uh, and quite handsomely, if I may say, <laughs> Um, touched on the issue of discrimination, but now we'll move on to the unfairness. Mr. If that is all right with you? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, good. We're in agreement, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this is the unfairness dismissal. And the judge says, um, well, the tribunal says, um, they, they consider whether the dismissal of the claimant involved an unjustified inter interference with her rights under the European Convention on Human Rights. In particular, we're asked to consider whether her rights under Article 8, that's right to private life and or Article 10 right to freedom of speech um, had had been um, breached. Um, Article 8, is, as everyone um, uh, knows, is that everyone has the right to respect for his uh, private and family life, his home and his correspondence. Presumably that also uh, means her uh, as well. Um, if we if we see the definition somewhere, it probably applies to, to, to both uh, men and women, not just uh, men. Anyway, it goes on to say there shall be no interference by a public authority with the exercise of this right, except as, in, as is in accordance with the law and as necessary in a democratic society in the interest of national security, public safety, or the economic well-being of the country for the prevention of disorder or crime, for the protection of health or morals, or for the protection um, of the rights and freedoms of others. Now, Article 10 is freedom of expression. Everyone has the right to freedom of expression. and The rights include freedom to hold opinions and to receive and impart information and ideas without interference by public authority, and regardless of frontiers, um, and then there's various uh, exceptions, which I'm uh, just reading, look pretty similar to the the, the 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 previous one. But we'll come on to that in a bit more detail. Anyway, is there a Simon Robinson exception that some of your opinions are, are not allowed? I think all of my opinions are. <laughs> all of my opinions 
or is there an in, just invalid? Not 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 disallowed, but just invalid. You're allowed to have them, but they're just just pointless. Yeah. I mean, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling to think. I'm struggling to think of what opinions I've got that are pointless. To be honest, I think. Um, well, let's start with probably the shorter list of your valid ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so so. <laughs> harsh. I mean, fair. Harsh. Fair. harsh yeah, but, but there you go. So, um, so <laughs> he's pleased with himself. <laughs> you know, dear. So, um, so the parties all agreed that Article uh, Ten was engaged, but then there was a there was a bit of a discussion about whether Article Eight was engaged. The respondent said, "Well, it it, it it doesn't apply to this case." And considering whether it did or not, the, the, the tribunal said the question here is whether it was reasonable for the employer to rely upon the contents of the post for disciplinary purposes, having regard to the claimant's right to private life. Uh, we accept this is the tribunal, not me and Dave. Um, we accept, oh, we're not, we don't have any comment on it, we're just reading out the judgment. No, we don't disagree with the tribunal. That's fascinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. We accept that this was a, well, why would we disagree with the tribunal? Well, well we're fine, so. Opinions, aren't we? I thought you, you just, just told that. me off. <laughs> you just told me off opinions. I, I'm allowed an opinion. Oh right, okay. So we accepted this was a, this was a private Facebook page with restricted access. However, the respondent's social media policy explicitly warns that private posts were subject to the risk of circulation into the public domain, and that they say if such a warning were needed. Um, and it also says there's a risk of disciplinary action if such posts were inconsistent with the social media policy. Anyway, the tribunal goes on then to say all of the relevant posts were reposted by the claimant. She was in the habit of circulating posts she'd received from third parties. She took no steps to ensure that her friends did not do the same as Facebook friends. She also posted comments on other people's accounts outside of her Facebook friends. And it was our judgment the claimant was not only unconcerned by the possibility of her post being broadcast beyond her circle of friends, it was likely she would have expected and welcomed it. Um, uh, uh, she willingly involved herself in the broadcast uh, uh, possible public debate. She was willingly involving herself in the broad, broadest, sorry, possible public debate about the relevance of the George Floyd incident and the BLM movement. It was certainly not a limited discussion in any sense. And um, she could have no reasonable expectation that the post were merely part of her private life. And Article Eight was not engaged in this case. And then in Article Ten, they say it was engaged here, and they agree that. And um, they say that there is no doubt that in dismissing the claimant and. Um, uh, uh, the respondent was restricting uh, that freedom, went on to consider whether the restriction was justified in any of the grounds set out in Article uh, 10.2. Um, so uh, uh, the exercise of these freedoms says uh, 10.2, uh, since it carries with the duties and responsibilities, may be subject to such restrictions uh, as are necessary in a democratic society in the interest of national security, territorial integrity, public safety, prevention of disorder or crime, protection of health or morals, protection of the reputation or rights of others. Um, okay. So there's there's grounds that they can do. Anyway, the two potential, oh, they say, the two potential grounds are the protection of reputation for the respondent and the protection uh, of the rights for other employees, e.g. not to be offended or upset by the claimant's post. We find that both are applicable in this case. And uh, they say there's clear evidence other members of, of staff were deeply offended. They find the post racially device inflammatory. There's a genuine and sufficient reputational issue for the respondent here. It's a public body with a high profile in London. It operates in a community which is ethnically diverse, and the staff reflect this fact. The debate in which the, into which the claimant became embroiled was subject to the highest possible scrutiny, both internally and in the public arena. The respondent was under an obligation to act. 
Um, so that's that. And then the respondent, they went on to say that the was the restriction prescribed by law? In our view, it was. And then the next question was, was the restriction necessary in a um, democ democratic society? Um, yeah. And uh, they, 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 they basically then made various yeah. comments. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately those human rights arguments, as always seems to be the case, didn't get the claimant very far. No. Because in employment law and unfair dismissal, the rights of the employer to dismiss in circumstances set out in Section 94 and 98 are balanced against the employee's rights that um, they won't be dismissed unless the employer is acting reasonably in being dismissed. And, um, you know, those human rights um, articles balance the rights of the employer and employee as well, don't they? So, yes. so ultimately, um, there were no human rights uh, breaches here by the employer. So the tribunal then went on to consider the fairness of the dismissal by reference to the virtual principles um, as to whether or not the employer had a reasonable belief or following a reasonable investigation, whether they had a genuine belief, and then um, finally, whether or not dismissal was within the range of reasonable responses. They said, we're satisfied that the respondent did genuinely believe that misconduct had taken place, that they had reasonable grounds to do so. They said, in large part, we find the investigation was thorough and fair. However, they had one concern about the overall process. And they said, in this context, context we must ask whether the respondent, in the circumstances, including its size and administrative resources, acted reasonably or unreasonably in treating the said conduct as a sufficient reason for dismissing the claimant. It must be determined in accordance with equity and the substantial merits of the case. So that's section 98 of the Employment Rights Act. Um, and they uh, took, the tribunal took a particular issue with the way that the appeal had been conducted. The claimant had been represented at the disciplinary hearing and the appeal by a trade union representative and the respondents appeared to have taken a relatively dim view of this representative particularly because he wasn't from one of the usual trade unions that the uh, um, respondent engaged with they found that the they believed the, the employer that is they believed the trade union representative to be antagonistic and confrontational and attempt to derail the proceedings well the tribunal disagreed with that and they said that the proceedings are there in order for the claimant to put her case in the way that she deems best uh, so how can somebody who is helping her to do that derail that um, process that's not to say of course that trade union representatives um, can never act in a way that's obstructive to the process but the tribunal said that they didn't believe that was the case here um, uh, and then in the appeal they said that um, the uh, the, the the manager hearing the appeal didn't consider, didn't accept there were any mitigating features and he didn't consider the claimant's length of service, which was 32 years, or good character, which um, was an unblemished prior disciplinary record as mitigation features. Uh, and he said that he'd not taken them into account when reviewing the decision. So, I mean, that, I imagine, when he was asked that question and answered it in that way, caused the respondent's representative to want to bang their head against the, the table because that will never be a good answer to say, I simply didn't consider the mitigating features when deciding on an appropriate uh, response. And I just proceeded on the basis that was a finding of gross misconduct to dismissal being the appropriate sanction. The tribunal said, we find the procedure 
and the dismissal was, by reason of the flaws identified, unfair. In coming to this conclusion, we have regard to the size of administered resources. They noted that the respondent is a very large organisation with access to in-house human resources uh, and legal advice. They did, however, say that um, despite that, the decision to dismiss fell within a band of reasonable decisions. To quote the tribunal, so dismissal was a reasonable response. So ultimately a finding of unfair dismissal. However, a procedurally unfair dismissal limited to the procedure on appeal. Remedy is to be determined at a later date, um, and the tribunal hasn't therefore made findings on contributory faults or whole key deductions. So the respondent will no doubt at the remedy hearing be saying, well, that procedural flaw didn't cause the claimant any loss of earnings because it took part in the it, it took place in the appeal, uh, and um, she would have been dismissed were we to have um, corrected that procedural fault. And also, they will be saying by virtue of the claimant's conduct, which they will say is culpable and blameworthy, she's contributed to her own dismissal, which given the findings of the tribunal in um, agreeing with the respondent's categorization of the social media posts as racially divisive and so on, um, you, you would imagine that the, the, the respondent's going to be pushing in an open door with those arguments, but obviously that remains to be seen. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, I think I was quite an interesting on this week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say that as if they're not otherwise interesting. But no, but sometimes it was. Yeah. Sometimes they can be quite law heavy, can't they? And um, there was a bit of law in that, but it was still interesting. We, we, we made it interesting. We did make it interesting. We brought it to life. Enjoy us. We're here to be enjoyed. So, <laughs> so okay. So we shall see you next time for another edition of Robinson Roll. Having a nasser. Bye. Bye. Thank you.